Hey, how your mom and dad? Welcome to the Far Reaches podcast. We are four friends from Eastern Oregon who have traveled the world and wound up scattered across the U.S. Join us as we get together to talk about current events, old events, agriculture, politics, movies, books, stocks, love, and even a little bit of life. No, we don't always agree, but we stay friends and even enjoy a few laughs. We think you will too, so come on along and enjoy the ride. And don't forget, keep on reaching. Hey, don't forget to stop by our special friends at B&K Auto Salvage who help bring this podcast to you each and every week. Folks, with over 1,200 used vehicles in stock and a large selection of 4x4 parts available, that's always being updated. B&K Auto Salvage is your Eastern Oregon one-stop shopping for the automotive world. And be sure to listen very close every week for the Far Reaches promo code that's going to get you discounted pricing and bumps on those prices on that scrap. So that's our good, good friends at B&K Auto Salvage. Make sure you told them the Reacher sent you and listen every week for the promo code to get extra savings. <laughs> hey, how your mom and him? You know what that means. It's far reaches times, kids. Welcome back. We are still here. Oh, I got the awful feedback coming from the freaking Facebook thing. See, that drives me crazy. Uh, I still don't know how that all works. Good day. Good day. Welcome to the Far Reaches podcast. Hi, Micah. That is Brawley. That's Richard and a hound. Uh, Joel is en route from a massive dark game. The man is a menace. We are Far Reaches Podcast, uh, brought to you this weekend every week by our extremely good friends and so, so generous friends. And where, Raleigh? Who sponsors this thing again? I don't remember what their uh, name was. Some schmucks. B&K Auto Salvage Kids, that's right there in beautiful Eastern Oregon, in the Grand and beautiful Break Fair City. New promo code coming soon, but still have promo code LGB for discounts on pull parts and a bump on your scrap rates. Stop in there and tell them the Reacher sent you. Don't forget, just give Bo a call on his own phone, too. They're 541-963-6744. Tell them the Reacher sent you. Thanks again. Welcome, Rawls, Richard. How are you? Like, Sorry, I'm a little distracted. I'm watching to see what Richard's up to next. Uh, it is for those of you who are watching this live or will be watching it on a on a replay. Richard's in full cowboy action right now, so uh, so I'll describe it. If I, I, this is like you know, this is good radio host training. So Richard's in a side by side, or a, you know, if you want to call it a razor or something along those lines, maybe a fancy gator. Camera's on the dash. Richard's got a crappy straw hat on, his old man shades, uh, and a board collar. And so we're getting the good view right there. Uh, he's bouncing across the field, it looks like, because we lose the, uh, the image every once in a while. It's a Polaris. I have confirmed it is a Polaris. I don't know the model yet. But uh, so Richard's in the front seat. Dog's just sitting there like he, you know, has his seatbelt on, too. Uh, and they're tearing across the tundra. That's, uh, that's what I got on my side. So it looks like sometimes the phone keeps falling. We need to invest and get a good camera mount for Richard. Um, I think that's good overall for like year round, just a camera mount for Richard. That would be good. Matter of fact, I'm sure there's money on the table not having a camera on Richard, camera on you, and I throw in pot roast and Uncle Buckwheat too. If we just had cameras on you for a holes, I, I would just sit back and narrate the day. Let's go live to see what Buckwheat's in. We just go to the Buckwheat cam, you know, and then we're like, ah, we're going to go to the Roastville, see what he's doing. Let's go check out the boys down there at Dave's, you know, like that would be. <laughs> He wouldn't be like, what's that cop show, like Live PD or something like that? 
I don't. I really don't know what sustainability that would have with the rest of the world, but uh, they would be entertained. We want to get one one day of ever episode of that, uh, but man, it would be be invigorating. Yes, I so I know exactly what Richard's in. He's out there. He's uh, a. <clears throat> He's west of L-Town. I can see he's got now he's got the uh, the window cam going for us. There's a speck of mud or two on there, a couple cracks. Uh, that's probably the best windshield in the Bradbury outfit right now. So <laughs> it's the cleanest. <laughs> I'm really thinking about this Rawls and Bradbury roast and buckwheat camera system. I think I could just literally host that all day long and just switch back and forth to different camera feeds. I'm not sure... Uh... I'm not sure how well that would work, seeing that I'm not in service very often. Yeah, we might have to change the names and blur the innocent, but uh, <laughs> the FBI would probably sponsor that for all the footage they'd get. Yeah. Like, <laughs> speak. Yeah. Speaking of that, they'd like to have the footage from their little encounter the other morning at Mar Lago. Oh. Yeah, I get. Yeah, they they're like uh, subliminy. That must have been in my head. Um, so I don't say those letters out loud very often. Yeah. Well, I just um, heard that they informed everybody when they showed up that they wanted all the uh, uh, camera systems shut off, and it sounds like they weren't. Yeah, I really like, Yeah. Now they now they want the footage. Like, yeah, you can want in one hand and shit in the other. Like, I'm not turning my cameras off in my house for you assholes. Yeah. Yeah. I don't care who you are. That's like, why would I ever do that? You want the footage. Congratulations. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you the footage. I'll make 10 billion copies of it before I send it back to you. Yeah, I'll just put it, put the footage on Facebook. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. Right here on Far Reaches. Absolutely. Good God. Ah, are you, well, uh, what's that? What was the good God? Are you watching Fox News right now? No, I'm not actually. I actually I have the uh, the Mongol Derby uh, screen up over here because it is 9:15 a.m. there um, to check on uh, Shandy and Amy and their progress. So that's what I'm that's what I'm looking at. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love it. So yeah, I'm not. I don't have anything else on. So that's a good. Yeah. I mean, I didn't mean it that way. I, as far as you know, I have shorts on um, underneath this table. But I mean, other than that, yeah. <laughs> as far as you know, yeah. So mm -hmm. turn. turn. I have, you know, I've gone in the old man mode where, like, at nine fifteen, like if <laughs> it goes into sleep mode. So, like, if you try to call me or texting or whatever, it just goes to the the uh, the ether, if you will. So. Well, that's all right. Well, not every, like there's one person who gets through, but that's that's a different story. Yeah. So uh, sometimes you can't sleep. Exactly. You know, when she calls her texts, I'm going to pick up. Yeah. So that, that kind of helps weed out all the other non hackers, they would say, uh, full metal jacket parlance. Yeah. What, uh, what's your reach around looking like? <laughs> that technique's a little rough, but uh, oh, oh, I'm sorry. I get you. Yeah. That's. For those of you just maybe watching this or listening to this the very first time, so, you know, some of our uh, loyal listeners send in suggestions, and we've got different segments, uh, if you will, on this here podcast event. The first one being kind of like a, an update, if you will, from all of us far-reachers, and somebody suggested we call that the reach-around. 
Uh, and so I, I suggest that we did that as well. So that's when we officially call it. So Richard, don't forget to close that gate, honey. Um, it's a little weekly update. So uh, yeah, it's been, uh, I know we promised last time we were on the air, it was going to be more frequent, but um, you know, life uh, happens. Life don't care. Yeah. And so, as I say, you know, you want to make God laugh, just tell him your plans. So uh, yeah, it's been a, it's been an eventful few weeks for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, a lot going on at work, a lot going on at personal. We had, uh, I'll try to talk about this tonight and see how I do. One of our, our roommates from college passed away recently. Uh, there was uh, eight of us as the core that lived in what we called the White House. And so uh, Fester, I think uh, everybody probably knew him as Fester. I think his Christian name was Jason Laney. Uh, we found out recently he passed away from a heart attack. Um, and so it, it hit me pretty hard. It hit all of us kind of differently as well. But uh, that was last week. And so it's been, um, that's been, a, that's been a down. But there's some, some, such beautiful people in my life that have helped me talk through that and live through that. Um, and so it's just, a, it reminded me too, like to not take days for granted. Um, I know everybody says that all the time, but it truly did. Um, and so, you know, um, the poor woman I'm dating now, she was in Vienna. And I'm like, honey, I don't mean to rain on your parade, but I got to talk. So, you know, it's like three o'clock in the morning, my time. So um, that was a wonderful, you know, Raleigh called, Richard called, a lot of other friends called and texted. Um, Chelsea and Bill, like, so there was such a weird connection uh, there. So Chelsea's from the Salem area. That's where Fester's originally from. He hasn't been there for a long time. She had run into him and his work at the fair or somewhere he used to sell stuff all around. And so she had uh, she had an autographed vase that he had done, and I'd never seen him sign anything on the bottom besides with his swirl. And those maniacs shipped that vase to me. I just got it yesterday, which was completely uh, unexpected and really touching as well. And a nice, really nice note inside. Um, that was just their favorite piece that he'd ever done, and thought I should have it. So it's on my it's on my dining table now. And so I thought that was that was really cool uh the, the girlfriend she got me uh, she was in Murano the day the day after and they make like really special glass there and she got a, a glass bowl for me that's kind of colored like a lot of Jason stuff was as well uh, I brought that back uh so that was really cool Richard I know exactly where you're at right now that's so cool dude look on the uh coming up on the high school on the left here in a minute uh so yeah Richard's checking cows and then just blast down the road in this this razor so so yeah, I'm sure I'll talk a bit about about this too during the podcast. But that's that's been sort of the focus the past week. My you know, I had a rough couple of days of work, but my sales team like you know rallied around me as well, which is way cool because um, that's things you don't go through very often. But um, yeah, that's sort of a weird reach around, but it made me appreciate everybody in my life even more uh, than I thought possible, and and really like exponentially appreciate people, appreciate what you have, appreciate. The remaining seven people that we have on our group text, you know, his he's still on our group text, so he's he's still going to be getting our dumb messages back and forth all day long. So, um, don't mean to start it off with that for everybody else, but it, you know, it's a beautiful, beautiful experience when your friends rally around you. And so, uh, I think everybody that did that and all the messages and notes, and so, uh, yeah, Faster, you bastard, this is for you. So, Rawls or Rich. I guess we'll go to Rawls since Richard's still in in uh, trans transit. They're just going by the high school gym, coming up on the middle school. Uh, <laughs> Raleigh's making faces at Buster. <laughs> I'm guessing that's what you're doing, giving yeah 
Buster's Given the look on your face and where you're looking at, yeah. Buster's getting cranky here because I'm not paying enough attention. Do you want to come up here and be part of this? Come here, stink butt. <laughs> come here, you little diaper filler. Yeah. Sit over here. Curtain climber. Yeah. Bugs. There we go. Turd burger. Yeah. Um, no, it's, I don't know. Another co-pilot. Last time I was on here, but it was uh, just been hanging. Uh, started second cutting here yesterday. Started outside and uh if i turn on and off it's because buster's playing with my headphones not a problem we uh yeah got richard yelling at dogs and and everything else this is just a this is full reacher time man yeah and buster's gonna go ahead and unplug me here because he loves anything that's a cable or a rope rally unplugged uh, yeah that's good yeah (laughs) anyhow um yeah we're just plugging along through summer um kind of watching the markets yeah trend up and down and make lots of noise um sold some calves didn't do too bad on them oh do you piss now sorry <laughs> i'll learn you yeah bob yeah it's just life is happening um kind of watching what's wasn't really paying attention to the world until here lately with the news and whatnot um same here yeah yeah just kind of it was ignoring stuff for quite a while and um a little curious as to where our world's landing here right now but um yeah not a whole lot new so i don't have a, a huge a huge segment to offer there um, just seeing yeah and i know that you know nothing comes everybody knows, hey and you're in second cutting so you're 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 hammering and uh i will give one other update pardon me as well but uh we had him on podcast a few times over the past couple of years but amy McNamee and cheney johnson are both in mongolia right now uh doing the mongol derby i'm actually watching their progress live on the tv uh so they've left uh, station two and riding to station three right now so they're uh they're they're in this race man they're doing it so oh pretty cool for those of you out there you can go to the uh you can just google mongol derby or the, the equestrianists.com which is hard to find it on there but uh they're 12 hours ahead so we're recording this right now we're coming to you live at 9 20 p.m so it's 9 and a.m over there in uh in mongolia so you can just click on the riders and it shows you where they're at uh She's about almost halfway of the state between two and and uh, station three, so that's pretty cool. Uh, need some tracking, tracking and, uh, and distance covered, etc. So quite interesting. I've been off mute this whole time. Yes, you have. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> we fully expect it. I bet that wasn't annoying at all. Well, Rawls and I were talking. Uh, we were just watching you. You pulled up and I heard, hey, and then you must have like loaded a dog or something. But uh, yeah, we haven't heard anything from you since, oh, quite some time, actually. Clear down in the field, even. Um, yeah. Probably some dynamite drop-ins, I'm going to guess. But if you're ready, um, we'll take your reach around, Richard. I think he froze. I think so. <laughs> that's a classic 
Well, I've been on mute this whole time. Like, dude, what were you saying? Like, <laughs> oh, now he's back. Now we're back. We got this nice, uh, just like a Lakeview tour. We came down from the, you know, for those of you familiar with where we were at, we were west of the baseball fields and uh, sewer ponds down there on the Bradbury estate. Uh, and then he rolled up through town past the high school on the backside of the high school, though, then to the old, the Hacienda, which is a mainstay, uh, you know, those of us who have uh, stumbled home to that place many times, looks like he's headed. Yeah, and here we have, we have a Mr. Joel joining us as well. So, uh, oh man, Richard's headed to the homestead place, aka grandmother's old house, and uh, Joel's walking down the street from darts. Joel, good day, my sir. Good day. Hey, uh, yeah, I'm just, uh, Walking home from uh, darts and then uh, figure I dial in. I love it. Richard was just out checking cows, it looked like, or water or something, and uh, jumped in the pickup. Rawls and I are stationary, and now we got uh, mobile unit one. Shit, I don't think that we've seen Joel since Christ was a kid. Well, Richard's been complaining about drought conditions for four years, and now gets and a little now, rain, and he's complaining about rain. Yeah, that's that's the way of the rancher, you know? Uh that's one of my yeah. It's one of my all-time favorite jokes. Five, it took yeah. me five, five hours to find my horses this morning. Jesus, <laughs> Richard, why don't you give us your update if you can? Are you in uh, in a spot you can do that? Oh yeah. Is that a deer walking across the street? Yes, sir. I thought so. <laughs> yep. This is her herd. Should be a little baby around here somewhere. Somewhere. Silver fox this morning. Is that one of your horses? <laughs> They're just getting more efficient these days. Yeah. Yeah. Richard steps out in the street and gets ran over in Lakeview. Yeah. <laughs> Not even on the main gut. I already t-boned somebody this week. Well, um, I'm sure for legal purposes you can't describe too much about that, but good to see you're all right. Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, yeah. That Safeway parking lot could be tricky, man, I tell you. No, I uh, miscounted the hospital street. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. And then there was a bunch of branches over the top of it. So, Well, tell us about this here storm that just blasted through then, if you want to. I mean, it's your reach around. Uh, so we're just riding well, along. What? The reach around. I'm not quite settled yet. Oh, okay. Joel, you want to reach around? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I probably shouldn't say that out, out loud on the streets of Brooklyn, but go ahead. Yeah. Uh, what is this again? I forget. This is kind of like your, your little update. Yeah. <clears throat> what I've been up to? Shit, I haven't been on here for. I know. I had to reintroduce you like three times. Like, yeah, you guys don't recognize this guy, but yeah. Well, I spent a lot of time in about a month in Pendleton. That was good. Outstanding. Uh, saw the best concert of my life which was turnpike and Shane oh. smith on the same night yeah that would be yeah, fantastic and then like the next night was a little bit of a letdown you know it's like they went overboard on friday night and saturday it was you know what was it it was uh mike and the moon pies they're pretty good they're pretty good but man coming back from turnpike and shane smith that would be they should have they try to, yeah, I'm sure schedules didn't allow, but Shane Smith on um, the second night probably would have helped out a lot. Anyways, those are awesome shows. Yeah, and then uh, went on Alaskan cruise. Oh, yeah, with your mom and everybody else, right? 
yeah and alaskan cruise um mm -hmm. yeah it was a good time I went to skagway sitka yeah. juno um yeah that's the first cruise i've ever been on really liked it going that's on another it. one over christmas i think oh awesome um, where are you going i think a caribbean deal a caribbean deal nice Bahamas or something I was, um, yeah, I've been looking at that. There's like, you can come out of Jacksonville now, which is real close to me for like dirt cheap. I was talking to my barber the other day and she's taking a cruise here uh, out of Jacksonville. Yeah, it's like a very affordable vacation, I feel like. Yeah. Um, what else? Playing darts, joined a softball league, been playing softball. Uh, Church easily league, the best. softball, fist fight. <clears throat> On the bar, the, the bar team. Uh, Perfect. I haven't dude. done. I haven't done any physical activity since I tore my ACL like four years ago. And, <laughs> and you were quickly reminded of that, weren't you? Yes. <laughs> yeah. And <clears throat> I wasn't even sure if I could even knew how to run anymore. Right. Like, yeah, I hadn't, I hadn't tried to run and I hit the ball and I guess instinct, I ran. <laughs> every time I do it, I just like the next day, I felt like I got hit by a truck and, uh, but I gotta keep showing up. Best player on the team, you know. Good God! Uh, What's the rest of your team like? My goodness! No, I don't think anybody else on the team has ever played baseball in their life. Like, they can't throw the ball. They can't hit. Can't field. So, so how we many won. It's like you're killing me, Smalls. Yeah. Yeah, we. Uh, I think we. I've played in five games the first two games i was brand new to the team so i only got to play like a couple innings and then i complained to jimmy who's our uh he's my darts leader but mm -hmm. he's also in charge of the the softball and when he got back into town i told him uh you guys want to win i need to be in the game <clears throat> and uh so we lost we barely lost the first game this last sunday uh, because our second baseman made like four errors in a row. And then, and then nobody can pitch. Like they keep walking people in slow pitch. Oh, so good like, grief. Yeah. Our, our last game, our last game, I was like, I'm pitching this time. I'm, I'm going to pitch the whole game. And uh, didn't walk anybody. Like it's super easy to throw the ball across the fucking plate, you know? And uh, we won the game. I was like, five, I went five for five at the plate. <laughs> every time I, every time I'd hit, I'd either get like a, mostly doubles. I got a couple singles and like three or four doubles. And then I'd like have to wave somebody in to come run for me. Oh, yeah. I'm gonna start calling you Shohei Itani. Yeah, like <laughs> pitching and hitting, like you're a dual threat, Joel. Knee is killing me. And uh, anyway, so I've been playing softball, and that's cool. Tomorrow man. night, I'm, tomorrow night I'm going to a comedy stand-up comedy premiere uh went to the stand one time and struck up a conversation with one of the comics his name's tyler fisher mm, okay pretty funny yeah. yeah he was super nice and he chatted with me and jess for quite a while and then jess ran into him in brooklyn turns out he like lives in this neighborhood oh the hell so i was like chatting with him on on twitter and I was like, because he's like a anti-woke comic, you know, he's like, you know, he was against like the New York City 
vaccines and mandates and uh he, oh, he's in that you know that movie that uh called terror on the prairie have you heard of that movie i have not no it's like the ben shapiro produced movie it's a western has gina carano from oh i know her yeah she was on mongolian or whatever not the mangalorian yeah yeah she's the one that got kicked off fired by disney for yeah like her criticizing vaccine mandates and they fired her yeah um so she stars in it i think and but he he's in the movie um so he's kind of like he's doing pretty well uh but That's yeah, he invited, yeah he invited me to his comedy stand-up he has a special coming out on youtube tomorrow what's his name again tyler fisher cool uh, so I'm going to go watch his premiere, and then there's an after party. So that'll be fun. Um, Outstanding, dude. Yeah, that's... You're kind of making uh, New York into your Pendleton. I like that. Yeah, yeah. Have a good that's time. Nope. Did you get to see her? I did, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <clears throat> Anything yeah, else? Yeah. That's no, cool. I, wow, that's awesome, dude. Things will come up. I'll, yeah, I'll remember. Yeah. Richard, reach me around. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> we, oh, <laughs> Buster. Uh, for those house. of you not watching the video, uh, Rawls just popped down and Buster's in his uh, his little tricycle motor outfit and he come boiling across the front room right into the screen so it's perfect yeah so i'm sure this will be our caster award-winning episode absolutely yes <laughs> now we have to check that box dude did chiron appear in your video yes yeah so <laughs> he uh he, he's developed this habit of running as fast as he can then sitting down and picking his feet up and he just glides across the floor and squeals it's pretty entertaining <laughs> Nothing like his dad at all. Yeah. No. <laughs> it's like every time you hear it coming, it's like hearing the rainbow doors open. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just a little version of the flaming asshole. Yeah. Coming right at you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry. Richard, what do you got for us, brother? Um, it's been an action packed few weeks. Has that been two weeks since we talked? Or did we at least, do it last week? At least a few weeks on the yeah. I heard you talk a little bit about Fester, so you got that covered. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, man. It's summer, and it seems like uh, fall's starting faster than we want to. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Lake County. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm getting all sorts of text messages. They're, we're bringing the cattle off the buttes tomorrow morning. So. Oh, okay. Everybody's coordinating and reminding you yeah. what time it is. and. I seem to be the only one that talked to everybody. So <laughs> you are, um, you know, for any reach around, there's got to be somebody in the center. I would call you the social hub, perhaps as a nicer way to put that. Yeah. Um, God dang. Sorry, it's been a busy day. So there's oh, a no mega, mega 85 mile an hour storm in Adel last night. Rained like, I've heard anywhere between an inch and a half to like a half inch to inch and a half. And that makes uh, sense. Yeah. Tore up trees, tore the power out of my house. Um, took me four hours to find my horses today. That was super fun. So, yeah, I bet they were, they had wandered far. So, um, and they, uh, 
they seemed happy to go back to their little sandlot. So we'll see. <laughs> I don't like this stuff out here. Hey, Mike, I'm switching screens. Let me in on the other one. Okay, when it shows up, yeah. Okay. Uh, I got a bunch of renegade cows trying to break into hayfields in Lakeview. Mm. So that um, makes you popular, yeah. Yeah, because it's been the guy they cut the hay, and then of course it rains every other day. Naturally. Yeah, so we get a good, nice green growth in where they cut the hay because it was the last place it was irrigated, and uh, so <laughs> they just love to break in and uh, raise hell with all that. They got like. 20 acres left to put in bales. Ah, oh, of course, yeah. it's just gonna. I've been fixing fence at night. Um, yeah, real estate by day. So <laughs> that should be on your coffee mug, dude, or something like fixing <laughs> fence at night and real estate by day. Yeah. Like... <laughs> What's the key to your success, Richard? Uh, I would sum it up as fixing fence at night and real estate by day. Yeah. Yeah. As <laughs> yeah, so I found the horses, got them back to their sand lot. Swing. Oh, there's a mudslide between Lakeview and Adel, mm. which nobody has any clue what it is, but there's a big giant rim that runs about, oh, maybe 75 miles. And there's only one place to get off of it. Yeah. And uh, there's a mudslide right there. So I had to leave Lakeview this morning, drive all the way to Plush, which is, and then, I have a lot of practice driving that way. Yes, sir. And then from Plush to Adel, <laughs> then go around and see everything, what was, uh, what the damages were. And then go find, spend four hours finding the horses and go back to plush. Of course, I had to have a hamburger with Dave and uh, the Heart Round store. Mm -hmm. And then back to Lakeview just in time to uh, send some uh, real estate off before the hay crew let me know that the cows had once again escaped into the hay, hay meadow. So that's a pretty busy little day right there. Yeah. Really. Uh, and then I get, yeah. And then yeah, I was super anxious because, you know, I don't want to miss miss the far reaches podcast i can't blame you there either i mean and now you know how our listeners feel yeah, yeah. so uh can't miss that but i'm just visual, visualizing that drive i'm kind of giggling a little bit because there's been times it took us four hours to find horses and we just said screw it uh on that exact route so <laughs> i don't want to, i think i think you're trying to develop this as one of my patterns but that's not necessarily the case <laughs> No, last time it was our own storm that did us in, not a not a Mother Nature event. So, <laughs> but uh, what other what other? Oh, oh, Richard got his tonsils out last week. Or, oh goodness, yeah, yeah. the days are running. Yeah, so, Richard, Richard, who? Little Richard, R three, R Q. Yeah. Anyway, so did he get the ice cream afterwards? And they still do that? It's a great. It's it's a really good, great sales pitch, but you can really only eat about three things of ice cream before you get sick. I got you. Yeah. See, I still have my tonsils, so I always heard about that, and I love ice cream, so I thought about just having them. I, I just eat ice cream ten I had them out anyway. So maybe because I don't trust the establishment at all or whatever. But is that really necessary to get your wisdom teeth out? How many people just get it out because, like, the doctor says we're talking about tonsils? To... What did I say? Did you didn't wisdom teeth <clears throat> same thing okay yeah same idea uh okay like what do you need to get your tonsils out for where did this guy come from <laughs> so i have neither out and i my i didn't have to take my wisdom teeth out because i i have a uh, missing a tooth oh so when my wisdom teeth grew to mm. when they just pushed everything around they're like we could take them out i'm like really not bugging me and i don't know really surgery so no 
Yeah, I had mine for a long time. Then I woke up one day and I couldn't open my mouth because it had like shifted and pinched the nerve. So I was like, hey, this is a really shitty deal. And so <laughs> that's why I took mine out. Yeah, because they literally jacked up my head. When I got my wisdom tooth taken out, like I literally felt they pulled it and I felt like my face just like do like this circle thing. <clears throat> Half my lower jaw was numb for like three months. They, they, they fucked up a nerve. I would say. Yeah. And then they're like, come back for your upper ones. I'm like, no, I'm all right. I'm not going to take them. No, I, yeah, that's, uh, that's spectacular. So, so he's, how's he doing? Doing well? He's doing good. Yeah. Yeah. I tried to feed him Ritz crackers. We were out in Adele. Uh, and I said, hey, we, of course, there was no food. Yeah. Because his dad was in a hurry and didn't consider the needs <laughs> of a four year old. But we do have some food out there in the house, but it's not really post uh, operation type of food. So I said, well, we could have rich crackers. And he's like, nope, that, that would scratch my throat. And I'm like, yep, you're right. Good thing you were paying attention to the doctor. And uh, <laughs> so we uh, settled. I gave him a spoon and some peanut butter and we made it. Oh, there you go. Good. That'll keep him busy too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, uh, child services will be coming for me after they hear this podcast, but he's still alive and kicking. So now you're just teaching independence and, and listening to details. <laughs> like, no, good thing uh, you're paying attention. Yeah. Not like the naked children down at the crack house playing in the street. So I think no. right. yeah, that you're, you're far and above. Yes. Uh, <laughs> oh my God. Ah. This is why I really needed this because I usually laugh my arse off anyways, either on the podcast or after. So thank you. Yeah. Hi. So, but no, no, was any damage to the house? I saw there was limbs all around it. Uh, well, so Surprise Valley was out last night and got my neighbor's house up. Nicely rolled my, uh, nicely rolled my, uh, the down wire that was going to my house up in a nice little coil and then left. <laughs> I thought, well, they'll probably come back and fix it today. And as my mom said, you probably have to tell them that you want it fixed. And I'm like, there's a big tree over it. And my house, house didn't have any power. So, and we have an Airbnb guest, which I have put up in a hotel, Lakeview, uh, to the Hunter's Hot Springs. So I have to go back to all my numbers and find him so I can reconnect with him tomorrow. <laughs> So he was I'm only staying, laugh, but... he was only staying for 12 days so we're off to a great start falcon <laughs> hey man he's out in the wild wild west shit happens yeah he was pretty cool about it so give him a chainsaw and get that tree cut up and get that wire hooked back together yeah yeah so <laughs> jesus <laughs> Oh my goodness. Ah, that's beautiful. That's, that's, that's quite the reach around right there. Yeah. And I appreciate that. Yeah. Joel, you got golf clubs in the background too, man. What's going on there? Yeah, dude. Uh, I brought him back. Uh, I got a new golf bag, new club heads, Beaver, Oregon State club heads. I thought so. Very, yeah. Very, very new fancy golf bag, Callaway. That's got to take two or three strokes off right there. Yeah, there's no there's no place to put golf clubs. So you just have to sit there. It's nice. Um, it really matches that. It kind of brings that motif all together. 
got some art and stuff back there, a little bookshelf, and then your golf clubs. I think it's really nice. Thanks. Yeah. That looks like the artwork from the Foundation series. It almost looks like something that belongs in like Atlas Shrugged or something. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty sure that was on some of the Foundation books. They call it art. Background. Can you even call it art when it's mass-produced shit from Ikea or whatever? I don't know. What I'm not going know? there with you, Joel. I'm not want to get in trouble with your significant other. Yeah, I think it's absolutely wonderful. I was looking at, at that picture behind, at least the picture frame behind Raleigh there. I was wondering what's on the picture. Oh, that's his mule. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's nice. Raleigh the mule. Yeah. Like that's the picture a, frame. Roast the mule. That's what that is. I'd rather have three of those behind me. That'd be sweet. Three asses in your front room. Yeah. <laughs> you don't like that art, Joel? It's like, uh, it's kind of like a sequential kind of series thing. It reminds me of like the overhead view of like when you're farming in a pivot. That's what it reminds me of. Like, you, you, got, your, you got your disc tracks and then, you know, like, I don't know. Yeah. It's agar. That's it, yeah. That's, it's agar. Yeah. You need to know. And then it's like, see, now you mm. like it. That's better. Yeah. <clears throat> well, I think we had a, uh, we talked about doing entertainment spotlight last night, but I know I didn't even get the movie watched again. So it was Chinatown, by the way, because we were talking about water. Um, so I don't know if anybody saw it or. Uh, it's only streaming on one random streaming platform. Really? I don't know. What the hell would I find it on then? I don't know. Where's it at? What were you watching it on? No, I should have read it on Amazon, but I just never. I looked it up and then I decided to rather watch the finish Pinky Blinders and started The Good Doctor. Well, there you go. Yeah. Seems fair. Yeah. I can talk about my theory about the good doctor and house. I haven't figured out good doctor yet. Have you heard my theory about house? No. Is the good doctor about the the autistic kid? Yeah. Yeah. It's a doctor. Yeah. It's still on the TV. Uh yeah. Well, I've I've been watching it on Hulu. Oh. Because House is what House is still one of my favorite shows. I like I watch it still. I just because probably watched the all the seasons two or three times so um, so you have a theory though yes so house is a sinner and he's going through all the sins like gluttony greed all those things throughout the period of the time and you know you realize that there's always the three doctors with them they represent the holy trinity and so each one of them helps him navigate through the sins that he's trying to overcome. And when he's overcome that sin, then the doctor switches out. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> I'm thinking back through episodes and you're like, I think you're spot freaking on. So I'm trying to find the sub theme in the good doctor and I haven't, nothing's coalesced yet, but uh, I think that that guy that writes house is pretty amazing. I just don't, I don't know. I just watch TV and movies differently than you do. There's just no way around that. Like, <laughs> I could probably watch. I could probably just watch House all freaking day, like every. And I don't think I'd ever pick up on that. If you realize that they interweave philosophy through it and theology through it all the time, and there's always some philosophical or theological debate on almost every episode, mm -hmm. and it, it, and a lot of times it's the doctors and the patients that are going through it, and he sort of House sort of observes, but at the same time. It has something, it has a correlation to his, his redemption. 
Are you sure they do that on purpose? Not just accidentally stumble on to it? I think if you find that much pattern in it, it's got to be interwoven intentionally, I think. Or maybe subconsciously by the author, but I doubt it. I think it's intentional. <laughs> and if you look at some of the the some of the um like series, the like if you remember the DVD things, there's one like where he's spread out, it looks like an angel. Oh yeah, the cover. Yeah. yeah. So I think if you went back through the covers, you'd see a religious different real <laughs> religious motifs throughout it. Wow. Yeah. So house, <laughs> house is deep, huh? That's on, crazy. On, on multiple levels. Yeah, my brain's hurting right now. Like, I just, um, I, I guess I've caught that on some things maybe, but not, not. it's very rare I ever get that depth of anything that I'm in, taking up in that manner. So I think what it started coming together with me is it was the doctor that was the plastic surgeon. Mm -hmm. And he had a lot of issues that he had to work through. So... Wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> have you guys heard have you guys watched the terminal list yet? Yes. I, I mean, just yeah. heard about that. Dude, put on your, Pratt was talking about it. Put it on your to-do list for sure. I started, no, I started watching. It's fantastic. Who was I talking to today? Somebody made it. Oh, it was my buddy in Texas. He's like, Yeah, I got a couple episodes in and stopped. I'm like, you must have been in a wrong frame of mind. Yeah. Um, because it gets good quick. I think I watched the crap out of it. Yeah. So I feel like they were hiding it from me. Like I had to actually search for it on Amazon. I never heard of it. You're shitting it, me. It's got like why isn't Amazon recommending this? It's billions of, of minutes of viewing, dude. Like it's like shattering all records on that. That's why they're hiding it because it's it's like non-woke and they're like pound sand, like this guy's a badass. That's why, which is so weird. Yeah. You're not gonna be like driving you insane every time you log into Amazon and seeing it. Oh, I know. Okay, that's the Chris Pratt one. Yeah. 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 Jack Carr wrote it. Thank you. And he's actually in it as well uh, later on in one of the episodes. But uh, the way it starts, like you don't know for sure what's going on. Uh, they, they did a tremendous job. Yeah. You're like, is this guy going crazy? Is You know, like you don't know. So, so I won't ruin it for anybody who hasn't seen it, but I do highly recommend it just because of I've read a lot of that guy's writing already, and then Chris Pratt like really does a good job of uh, bringing it to life. So kudos to him for sure. Rawls, have you seen it any? Probably said yes. Yeah. yeah. It's not a... I, I imagine there's chaos in the background of the Raleigh estate right now, so he's just like, yep, yeah. No, it's not too bad. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I've watched it. Um, I don't usually... I don't know. I We've got Amazon and sling and all that happy mm -hmm. horse shit you get on tv but i don't watch a whole lot of stuff but i do kind of enjoy those military ser series that they have and um that one was pretty good yeah, and, uh, yeah. i'm telling you you really like pinky blinders it's amazing it's pretty good i it kind of got like the last season or so i was like eh. but i stuck with it but yeah i i really liked the last season because it introduced the um nelson guy who i'm pretty sure was joe kennedy oh yeah and some, some of it was okay but yeah uh but he was playing so he was basically playing the same game that uh tommy was playing just yeah. in the united states exactly but you never saw that he was actually you just got hints that because he was working for tr 
and he just got hints that he was playing both sides too. Most definitely. Never got confirmed, but it's a. Have you guys have seen that, Joel? Have you seen that before? No. Yeah, it's what late, early 1900s, England. It goes Gangster. from it goes Gangsters. from 1911 to 1921, I think. Yeah. So also two interesting words to put together: Peaky Blinders. What are they re- referencing? The cap that they wear, and then they sew razor blades into the cap of it. Yeah. And then they cut their the eyes out of their rivals. It's like it's like British gang, early British gangster stuff. Uh uh Killian Murphy's in it. He's the main dude. One of the main dudes. Um you'd you'd recognize him when you saw him by an Irish lad that he is. He's a great actor and he's gonna play Robert Oppenheimer in a movie coming out. Oh, that'll be interesting. He'll nail that. Yeah, yeah. that'll be super awesome. Um, and then the Stephen Knight, the guy that wrote Pinky Blinders, who I think is a brilliant writer, is writing a British um, um, series about the SAE, the SAS, the British Secret or Special Forces, and the Deep Desert Brigade that's trying to kill Rommel when they're in Africa. Oh, cool. And like that story is fascinating. Stephen Pressfield wrote a book called Killing Rommel. And it's one of the only one, true history books he wrote because he had befriended one of the original Deep Desert Brigade guys and befriended him. And the guy had been trying to write a book for since he got out of the World War II and never could put it together. And so he was working with Stephen Pressfield, who's an amazing historical writer. He writes uh, historical fi- fiction. So this was his first true history book that he wrote. And uh, he was able to take all the research that this guy had gathered and all the firsthand experience uh, tales that he had told him and write it into this Killing Mama book. And uh, what that Deep Desert Brigade did during World War II in Africa was absolutely amazing. So it's going to be cool to see it told like Pinky Blinders on a bigger scale. So Very cool. Interesting. I had not heard about all that. Yeah. So it's supposed to come out anytime. So I'm super excited to watch that. Do you know where? Um, it's going to be on BBC Plus, And then I don't know how it'll get here. And then the other interesting thing that Stephen Knight wrote was one of my all-time favorite movies. And it's the one with uh, Bradley Cooper, where he's the cook called Burnt. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and the, it's got the greatest opening scene of all time, where he's shucking the oysters, and uh, he's got his little book out, and it's a penance, and he shucks a million oysters in Louisiana, and when he gets to the million, he just quits and he goes back and starts in, in the restaurant world. Dude, I don't know if I've seen all that before or not. I don't think I have. Yeah, Burnt is probably one of the most underrated movies. It's sort of like that movie I really liked, Flesh and Bone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, and it's um. I think it was really well written and Bradley Cooper did a great job and the the characters in it are just amazing. But yeah, the, I, I really, when I went back and looked at Stephen Knight's filmography, all the stuff they wrote, he has a really amazing body of work. Interesting. Well, that's enough of me dorking out on random stuff. <laughs> Dude, that's what this is all about, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> 
That's what I think. Yeah. <clears throat> hey, Rawls, I'm going to ping on you for a second. You had a cool interview a while back with uh, Oregon Cattlemen. You want to talk a little bit briefly about that? Not you can tell me to pound sand, but I think it'd be interesting to share a little bit about what you were yammering about. Yeah, it's a good uh, interview. I don't really remember all the details of the interview. Um, <laughs> it's been a couple. I weeks just pictured back. like on on freaking old school. What happened? Did I black out? What happened? Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, he was talking about the challenges of being a yeah. first generation cattle rancher. That's Essentially, right. Essentially, uh, Todd Nash, the OCA president, and he's also a county commissioner here in Willow County. Um, he started doing some random interviews uh, for OCA's website and, and Facebook page and whatnot. And uh, I don't know why he thought he wanted to interview me, but he did. And I think, I think probably uh, my well, you're being close involved, by, you talk on a podcast well, every once in a while. I think yeah, you're a, well, I've, a I've, good example. I've kind of involved myself in the local chapter of the stock growers and, and mm -hmm. OCA and involved myself with the, um, on a state level with the OCA wolf committee. And, uh, just, I don't know. I, th I think he felt the same importance that I feel about, about how getting involved, um, needs to happen more so in our industry. And, um, yeah. And so he just, randomly in the middle of july messaged me and said uh i'd be interested in having a, an interview with you and i said well when i get done with my first cutting i'd be more than glad to come sit down and and uh, do that so it it was good just like like joel mentioned there he more than anything wanted to kind of go over the challenges that that we face um as a first generation rancher um trying to get my feet wet in the business and uh, i think we covered some high points i think you know in hindsight days after i thought of other things that i could have talked about um but it uh it was just a random interview that he wanted to put on the oca uh sites and he's done quite a few of them um i think he did one with uh john our uh, wolf committee john, john williams yeah, John Williams, and uh, that was more involved um, detail-wise with the wolf issue that we all face out here. And then uh, I think he did a marketing one. I'm not. Sure. I'd have to go back and check and see who he did that with, but um, it was it was a good one. Um, so he's kind of just trying to get more involvement through social media um, with producers and members of the OCA to get get ideas thoughts you know no different than what we try to do here with some of our stuff um mm -hmm. just you, to get more yeah. involvement you guys talked about i think he asked a question about you know you're basically saying that cattle ranchers are generally pretty old people mm -hmm. yeah near, no, nearing, yeah. The, nearing the point of retirement what do you think is like what happens after those guys have to hang it up is there enough people coming up behind them? Yes and no. Replace it? Um, That's I mean, part of his point, I think. Yeah. That. So, <clears throat> I think the average age of the rancher is sixty-two years old right now, and at least, yeah. And that is a 
that's something that's going to become more prevalent in the next 10 years than we really want to think about because there's going to be a lot of guys that they just can't do it anymore. I mean, it's this is a laboring, hard work type of a living. And in in our country, you know, we feed for we're out there daily in the wintertime for six months out of the year and and then in the hay fields in the summertime. So it's not something everybody wants to do. And and I think a lot of the younger generations don't want to come back and do it for multiple reasons, I'm sure. One, they make more money um, going to town and getting a job sitting on their ass not having to do as much so it's there's challenges and struggles for the industry i think coming up there richard you could probably allude to that even more um but that's something that uh todd's passionate about and 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 i think he sees some of those same passions that i have and tomorrow we're actually like out of the blue on monday he messaged me and he says i really want you to come to this event and there's a town hall and enterprise with cliff bents tomorrow um mm. so we're gonna go attend that and um there's i don't know it's i my involvement uh, i didn't think it would get to this point i mean yesterday i was had to run to lagrand to go do some banking and uh um, cliff bents's office actually called me and asked me if, make sure that i was going to be there uh, which i thought was rather interesting i don't know what they're I, I think that uh, just my involvement with their their contacts through the OCA have been mm-hmm. uh, been something I've kind of become a recognized person that they want to talk to. I haven't quite figured out why. I don't usually have much good to say, but um, so it. Uh, they want you to run for office. I, well, you, you know, you I, honestly, like... I, I was going to say honestly. Right now, I wish someone from a similar background or lifestyle would involve themselves in office, um, preferably presidential office with what's coming down the pipe. And I, I get so pissed sitting in the tractor or in the swather today thinking about what's going on with our government right now and all the bullshit going on back there with Trump and all that. With our government needs a house cleaning like no other. It, and and need just good hard-working people that don't want to make a living out of it just want to go Dude, back yeah. and, and serve for four years and come home it and should it, be like jury duty man i maintain that i mean honestly i there's there's days when i would love to have a debate with some of those jack wagons and it just it frustrates the shit out of me to see what where our country's headed and where they're leading it right now you hit the key word that drives me absolutely insane is they keep talking about the leadership of the house and the leadership of the Senate. And yeah. they're not, they're not, they're not, that how no it's designed. I mean, a, they're not leaders for shit, but that's not how it's even set up. They are our representatives there. That, and that's, that's the whole frustrating point for me is <laughs> them, them jackasses cannot get that's the whole head. We, yeah, we're in charge, not those butt Precisely, but they're always like, you know, the leadership of the country. Like they are not the leadership of the country. Hey, even if they were supposed to be, they sure as shit are not any of them. But they're not. It's not how it was designed. But that's how we've let it just wander into wander. the ditch, like sadly state. So many crooks. Like we, we all. I'm sure you guys have all heard about how Nancy Pelosi. Uh, mm. <clears throat> does uh, her stock trading and makes a shit ton of money off of that, Always. right? Yeah. But, 
there's a an account I follow on Twitter called Unusual Whales, and they kind of give like stock tips and advice, right? Mm-hmm. But every once in a while, they there used to be an account that just tracked Nancy Pelosi's stock trades, but now Unusual Whales took it up tracking all of Congress. Mm-hmm. And once in a while, they'll post like, "Here's how your Congress people did versus the S and P 500." Um, you know who's <laughs> always at the top of that list? That fucking list is Ron Wyden. That guy. Oh yeah is he must be doing insider trading he is always you ought to hear his ad that he has playing out here on eastern oregon radio right now to get reelected. i just want to crawl out of my swather and puke that's a fucking crook and he sits there and talks about how he's done so much for the eastern oregon folks and and how when the when the the va was going to shut down here and the nearest place that they could go was to spokane and he came in and saved the day gag me you jack wagon you don't even live in Oregon anymore. Yeah, you're, yeah. you're none of them do. You're no, a man. resident in New York City now, and you and you're running for office in Oregon. Fuck I God. sat next to his wife at a dinner one time at an Oregon, Oregonian event in yeah. New York. What a fucking cunt! <laughs> just Jesus, just stuck up to all. Jeez, <clears throat> you know her family is the so his family owns that big bookstore in portland right was it powell's that one is it powell yeah that's, that's, powell. that's one of the yeah and then her family owns a strand bookstore in new york city like a big oh but yeah book. yeah but besides that i mean they he's just doing insider trading so the chips act uh, he he uh did some short-term investments uh made 125 percent profit in like a month just trading uh, stocks that are related to options probably mm-hmm. but yeah actual equity but yeah that guy's got to go that yeah it's it's absolutely it's just it just sickens me yeah yeah because what you know we're never going to hear about paul pelosi and his dui and the drugs and all his trading because he's the one that actually does the trading also with nance you know um it's no it's no coincidence yeah it is absolute just and there ain't, there ain't none of them i'm not talking about a left or a right way thing like that whole system is just it's just hosed dude seriously yeah i i don't know why they're allowed to because we allow tra- them to trade yeah maybe. yeah yeah you know because like i think when you're president supposedly everything goes into a blind trust as they say uh i still don't believe that for also but they should be audited every quarter uh, and we should see everything there's no way you should go into congress making a hundred thousand dollars a year in a net worth of 500 and come out of it uh, maybe that's net why worth of 100 the million maybe that's why they're hiring the eighty-seven thousand irs agents to audit congress i'm sure, oh, that's, I'm sure that's where they're going yeah <laughs> i say we put them some bitches on the border they can be audited in those people yeah like how how are you going to like enforce our you know tax rules when like we don't have a border man and i'm like and i'm not some weird like globalist dude like go anywhere else in the world and you just can't wander into a country you know like you just can't like everybody always says oh it's so-and-so's elected i'm moving to canada good fucking luck you just cannot move to canada they won't let your dumb ass in unless you have a job and a skill and you go through this whole process everywhere's like that you know I've seen these people to New York and DC is the latest news story that I'm just like, you guys have to be 
guys are out of your mind crazy. Like, New York City is a sanctuary city. You're welcome here. Okay, Abbott's like, all right, fucking here's some of them. Mm-hmm. Like, whoa, whoa. Yeah, not here. I think yeah, I'm like... going to send a bus down there to go knock on doors. Yeah. <laughs> what are you talking about? Fucking dork. Yeah, like what? Such a mess. It's like it shouldn't. It's not a political issue, man. You need a secure border, like always. Like, yeah, we're all immigrants, but you go through the process and you get here. You know, like it's just completely broken. And the fact that they're saying that it's not is really just drives me. And again, it's a thing like you're totally like they say gaslighting the shit out of me. Like, there's nothing wrong here. Look over here. You know, it's like no, it's broken, man. Like step one, fix it. We're a country of immigrants. We want everybody to come here. Just we're, do it legally. What's so wrong about that, man? Come we're on. We're not a country anymore. That's the whole idea. I think. I don't know what. Yeah. It's like I don't think you could. You couldn't accidentally they be said screwing it, they up. They said it this. well when they said banana republic. Yeah. Because we're there. It's a. It's it's mind blowing. It's and we're still hanging on. Like that's that's the beautiful thing about it is like despite all this idiocy, it's still one of the best places in the world to be. No doubt. I mean, you go anywhere else in the world, and it, dude, there's going to be some little fun things about it. But like overall, still, it's one of the best places in the world, and will bounce back from. It always has. Like if it don't, it's just going to break. But like um, the system, though, the system we have in place not working anymore. Like the needs to be scrapped and got to start over at some point. There's no way you should be able to be in Congress for eighty fucking years old for one. you shouldn't make it your career. It should that should not be a job in this country. I'm sorry. We that's not it. Just, I don't, just monetary policy alone. Yes. That's a great point, Joel. Control. Yeah. Well, well well said. Yeah. He's talking it's about no other political it's aspect besides the monetary policy. It's completely in the ditch. Intentionally. As soon as they those other countries like Russia and China and I think mm-hmm. India is involved and some other countries, I think they're trying to create a new currency that could replace the u.s dollar or petrodollars right Mm -hmm. and if that ever happens like it's like that's game over for our way of life uh, which is fine you gotta you gotta you gotta uh, you need to go on the bitcoin standard (laughs) what's going on with bitcoin i haven't even checked on that recently that's hard to recover Okay. Yeah. It's up to like back up to it hit a low recently of like 17, 18,000. Mm-hmm. Now it's back up to like 24. It's on the uptrend. Uh, I'll inflation never came in today oh. at the oh. low, low rate of 8.5%. So it, people are pretty excited about 8.5% inflation. <laughs> yeah, the low, low but rate. Yeah. It's not going away until. But so they always zero. measure inflation against one year. It's year over year. So it's like mm-hmm. this, this oh, number yeah. came out July of last year. It's not going to be better until like February or March when inflation was first came in at mm-hmm. seven whatever percent, and they're like, "Look, it's down to two. Yeah, yeah. Like, no way. But it's two on top of last year's nine. That's like fucking gas asshole. prices are down seventy eight cents. Yeah, but they're up three eighty five. What the hell are you talking about, man? Biden, Biden just came on today and said it was zero percent for the month of July. <laughs> he did well. What he's referring to is that inflation stayed the same. It didn't get any worse in July. So there's yeah. zero versus, Growth. I think Ingrid, what he was yeah. talking about is like last month it was eight and a half and this yeah. month it's eight a little bit less. Yeah. Yeah. 
You're like, so well, it, saints be praised. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And not to mention that their measurement of it is nonsense, right? It's based on, what are they based on? Is it based on, it's just core goods. Like, uh, I think that's what it, yeah, core goods. That's right. Yeah. Uh, it's not based, I don't think they account for all the costs that we actually pay for. <laughs> so do you think so they have they passed the bill with the eighty-seven thousand agents of the Friday. The, the ironic in what's it called inflation decreasing bill or something like that of like seven the inflation the, the inflation reduction act consists of 300 and some billion dollars of uh basically esg initiatives and taxes you know, eight basically doubling the budget annual budget of the IRS. Um, they already have job postings out there. You've got to be able to carry a, a weapon and be prepared to use it with deadly force. Fucking IRS. So, what? I, yeah, I think that's always been the case. Like, if you're an Is IRS it? agent, you have to be able to, you're, you're armed, but this is exposing a lot of stuff that I don't think people are really paid any attention to in this. You got the IRS out there hounding. I don't know. They say that they're not going to go after anybody under four hundred thousand dollars a year in income, but I, I doubt that's going to be the case. That's not even true now. Yeah. Right. How, you know, like okay, so they're going to have to be checking everybody to figure out who's making four hundred thousand or less or more. You know, so it's like I have what, a great, what? I have a great IRS agent, armed agent story from my Ooh. time at UNR. So I was taking this accounting class from this really cool guy that was the CFO of Harris Casino in Reno. Oh, wow. And I don't know how many properties there was. But he would bring in like old 1970s ledgers and show us how they moved money around in the casino and the old before Excel. It was awesome. Dude, that's awesome. So as a courtesy to the federal government, UNR invited the IRS to come and speak to the accounting class. And... So they sent the guy that shut down the Mustang Ranch, and he was a real, yeah. Anyways, um, piece of work. Yeah, horse's ass. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so it, at this time they had just shut it down, and the guy and the guy that ran the Mustang Ranch was like this beloved figure. Wait, it wasn't. Mustang. It wasn't Mustang Ranch. Yeah. The original Mustang. Oh, the original. Because yeah. What was that Mustang dude's name? Ranch, if we remember, Mustang Ranch is owned by uh, my cousin. Uh, my grandpa Harlan's sister. No, we're talking about brothel. Yeah, 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 yeah. My grandpa's sister, Annie Mick, her son is Lance Gilman. And uh, he owns the Musk Mustang Ranch. He might now. Now, yeah, yeah. Yeah. This is the guy he got it from. Anyway, so the read they got them was like they got compelling tax evasion. Yep. Anyway, so they went and busted the Mustang Ranch and arrested everybody. And this guy was the lead IRS agent that did it, sort of like Elliot Ness, or at least he thought he was like Elliot Ness. Anyways, he had no self-awareness that he was in UNR, who <laughs> the at that time, it wasn't like the new politically correct UNR. It was still the... <laughs> 
everybody University from, of Nevada miners and ranchers and uh, guys that were born and raised in Reno doing hospitality work and you know when Reno was a little rough around the edges and he was talking and he was just he was just beaming with pride and like totally so unself-aware that his audience was not into him and uh, he was holding his gun up and his badge up and he's like if you get up high enough you can get a gun like this and uh you know irs agents aren't just don't sit behind desks and push paper sometimes we get out in the field and we kick some ass and blah 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 blah. he actually unholstered his, he unholstered his weapon yeah he was showing it in the, he had it up and he was showing it and uh just totally and uh there was a guy in the back sitting next to me and he occasionally he just got coughing his hands oh and the, <laughs> the, the guy that was the professor, well, he was Carson City, Reno, through and through. And just, just he was a bass guy from, uh, I think, up around Battle Mountain and like was having oh. none of it. And uh, finally, it just got so annoying. He just goes and grabs the guy by the shoulder and the arm and just escorts him out the door and says, All right, thanks. Thanks for coming by and visiting. The guy goes, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. And he just pushes him out the door. <laughs> no, you are. Yeah. <laughs> and he closes the door and he goes, as long as I'm your professor, you are never going to have to sit through another prick like that. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not done. Oh, yes, you are. Yeah. You just don't know it, but you are so done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I'll grab my food. <laughs> but... <clears throat> Yeah, the, uh, yeah. As one of my uh, one of my professors in grad school and undergrad used to say, "Never give a nerd authority, i.e., somebody who's been maybe picked on." Um, yeah, and that's exactly what that dude was. Uh, so many of these initiatives that they, they that uh, they're trying to get through these days with like whether it's ESG or mm -hmm. yeah, you could even talk about like the gender income gap climate change mm -hmm. they spend all this money on it and there's no accountability nope. there's nothing like no look back two years later and be like did it work no 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 it's like, it, it's all about the posturing been, and like we tried yeah that's how all long have women been making 73 cents on the dollar that a man makes and how many fucking things have they passed initiatives have they passed and money have they thrown at this thing to try to close that gap it doesn't work. Same thing is happening with climate change. Is keep here's three hundred and fifty billion dollars at it. Like, are we going to say it's immeasurable? You can't. Well, that's the main point. Is there's nothing you can measure on it for one. Yeah, you, you what's success for two? They like, fight racism says, and like, climate change. These invisible problems that there's no metrics to look at and say is this getting better? What no. kind of return are we getting for our tax money? through direct taxes and through the process of printing money and just throwing mm -hmm. inflation at it. There's, there's nothing the government gets involved in like that that ever comes out better. And if you can point it out, I'll be glad to listen. But I think uh, the thing is that they don't, I think we, we know that they aren't trying to fix the problem. No. They need the problem because they need something to campaign on. Uh, they don't want to fix it. They want to nurture it. Absolutely. Pretty yeah. Protect it. They need it. You can go pretty much. That's what that. college kids don't understand either. They, like these activists, they don't understand. It. They don't have enough life experience. They haven't 
like believed it and then be like, wait a minute, kids aren't fucking doing anything. They never had that come to Jesus moment. To mm-hmm. like, yeah. no, but they, but the the government officials need those college kids because that's where <clears> they start <throat> to divide. And way sooner than that, actually. Um, oh, way way sooner than that. But but that's when they start mm-hmm. hearing it back from those from the kids that they trained early on. Yeah. It, it's all about creating a division, and it, and the only way that you <clears throat> attain retain your power and retain your positions that they all have is to create divisiveness amongst the general society and then but the general society becomes so complacent they forget that them assholes are supposed to answer to us and and that's the problem yeah i equate it to the old uh, looney tunes cartoon with the sheepdog and the coyote remember that morning ralph morning sam so like that's our politicians like walking up to the door and one's checking the box. I'm a Democrat. One's signing in. I'm a Republican. During the day, they're la la la. I'm good. You're evil. Blah blah blah. End of the day, they both check out of work and go have drinks together. Like night, Ralph. Night, Sam. You know, like it's it, there's no difference between any of those assholes. You know who we need to? Uh, everyone needs to look into him and probably talk about him more. <laughs> Like, so for the next presidential election, I would be fully on board with Ron DeSantis, right? I think he, mm-hmm. he, he uh, kind of talks the talk and walks the walk. He does what he, you know, he fights back against a lot of this nonsense. But there's a, uh, a guy, Dave Smith, who is going to be the Libertarian Party candidate. Um, he's, a, he's a pretty young guy. He's probably a couple of years older than me. I think he's in his early 40s and he's... Uh, he's a comedian or he was a comedian got really into he has a a really good podcast uh dave smith you can look him up um but just if you listen to his podcast this guy uh, he's just perfect to run for president because with a stand-up comedy background he's going to be up there on stage with donald Mm -hmm. trump ron desantis or whoever against whoever the democrats he's just going to make him look silly if they give him any time yeah on during the debates um he's you know he's just very well trained he's one of the best in the world at comedy what's his his name again dave smith that's what i thought you said but he's he's brilliant he is very well versed in libertarian theory um and everything he just talks about on the podcast makes so much sense it, if somebody like that were to get in, you'd get a little bit of trust back in the system. And I think I they would, so. you get, you really got to just gut the F, FBI, the fucking CDC, get out of the World Health Organization mm-hmm. for good. Department of Education. Get rid of yeah. the Department of Education. Fuck those people. Yeah, I, I don't want Trump to run for president again. Um, I like some of his policies. I don't necessarily care for him. I, I think he's much better served if he just wants to go fundraise for people. I don't necessarily want to lose, lose Ron from Florida. I'm pretty, I'm pretty selfish. <laughs> because if we've seen anything the past few years, local government is really extremely important as well. You know, the direction that your state goes based on your government leadership is very important. Now, if there's somebody good we could find to go take the place around here that'd be one thing but i'm all for dave i'm all for somebody who's just like real for one puts the citizenry of america as a priority and is realistic about what's going on that's that's not too much to ask i don't think 
that's huh. but that's why yeah. Trump resonated with people so much. It's like we need to be energy independent. I absolutely agree. Like we can always work on new technologies and promote solar and green, like, but we have to be having our own stuff here at, at the same exact time. You know, like there's nothing like nothing wrong with putting resources into other things, but like I still laugh about the fact that everybody is promoting electric cars, yet California's already like hey, don't run your air conditioning because the, the grid can't keep up. You're like, so I'm supposed to run all electric cars at the same time? Like, what, what are you thinking? You know, like we can't even run that system as it is. And yet everybody wants to push to an electric vehicle. Like, Charging their electric vehicle with gas-powered generators. And exactly, yeah. And Or like you're still plugging in everywhere. Like what's making that electricity? Probably a coal fire plant somewhere. It sure as hell isn't a nuclear power plant or hydro, you know? So like- Again, I'm like, I think electric cars are really badass. Like, I totally do. Uh, but the whole, like, focus of, like, this is how we have to go. There's zero infrastructure for it, and it doesn't make any logistical sense. Like, if you want to put up uh, nuclear power plants so we actually have the power to actually run our existing needs, for one, before we start just, like, absolutely hammering it with every other form. Like, it, it, you know, like, well, it, horse, it, hello. The, the media also completely glosses over how damaging to the environment oh, mining for that what is it lithium or yeah something for the mining for that, and then what do you do when when the car's done like that's like you think an old junker car <laughs> sitting along the road is bad dude that is a freaking paradise of roses compared to the tesla that gets wrecked or just dies finally and has to go somewhere like what do you do with that like it's awful yeah, like, like the battery is more expensive than the car. It's like total. Well, yeah, what's battery the remediation plan for the battery pack on an electric <laughs> car? Like that, that can't be easy or cheap or probably not even efficient yet. I'm just saying. And yeah. So like everything. Yeah, there's, there's these great ideas and stuff. But like let's just think about it. Let's put it in order for one. You know, like if we learned anything in the past few years for COVID, like we, we rely way too much on outside sources for really important shit, i.e. a lot of pharmacy, fuel, food, et cetera. So, you know, why we're doing what we're doing now to not have that anymore, you know, like you're either the dumbest person in the world or it's intentional or maybe both. But I, yeah, I think, I th I th yeah. yeah. I think both sides, and I'll say this about Democrats too. Mm -hmm to their credit and republicans i think both sides are just like fed up with the other side in their opinion sort of promising things that they can't deliver and one each side is basically i don't know you just get lied to a lot uh well it goes back to what you said to earlier like problems. there's no they there's no measurables over. there's no measurables joe there's yeah. not that's the whole point, you know, like think about all the money we've been dumping into Ukraine and all that stuff over there. Well, for years and that kind of stuff. Man. What's going on there? Is that really a war zone when half the celebrities in America are over there hanging out with President What's his dick? Like, seriously? Like, it's hey, why? The most bizarre like event of my lifetime, I feel like. Yeah, it's, it is. It is indeed strange. I can't. Yeah. I. The five year thing I was talking about, like, yeah, five years now, we're going to look back on a lot of this shit and be like, what in the absolute lunacy if we're able to even like, by then it's going to be a change like you know like well, that didn't happen we didn't there was no lockdowns there was no mandates you know that's going to be the story um pretty quick so you're like mm -hmm, no <laughs> i was there yeah like <laughs>
I remember when you said if I got a vaccine, I'd never get the virus. Yeah. Uh, okay. It's called yeah. uh, ga- gaslighting. Gaslighting. That's what, yeah. That used to be. A... That's what. That's not what gaslighting is. Yeah. <laughs> well, I just feel like a... when a Republican does it to a Democrat, if a Democrat does it to a Republican, it's something else. Yeah. Yeah. What was that, Joel? You don't, then you don't understand the definition of it. Yes, you're there, there. Yeah. <clears throat> well, I kind of remember when that term kind of emerged. That was came, early, early COVID, as far as I remember. Uh, gaslighting? No, that came out in. Well, I mean, that's a really old, old, old term. Like it's, well, it's roots yeah, are way I, old. I, I, but first, like, I first started hearing it in about 2007, eight, nine, somewhere around there. Yeah. That was early on of the kind of like wasn't the me too movement yet but it no, was, no it was a, fracking there was a there was a uh, documentary called gaslighting about the fracking yeah. industry and that's oh. when it came and that's when they were going around and burning the methane mm-hmm. that was supposedly coming out of the water taps that had been coming out of the water taps before they had ever drilled there yeah well they drilled they drilled water wells but like you go down here in the south side of uh, Lakeview and the wells here produce methane when they so they actually have to pump the water out into another pond and then have a booster pump pump it down into the irrigation system because of the methane and there's no fracking here in Oregon so yeah but that documentary was gaslighting or gas gas lit or gaslight I don't know what it was a 1944 film called gaslight as well yeah Uh, yeah, I had to go to the. I'm at the wiki, so. Uh, well, is that are they using that term like how we currently use the term gaslighting? Uh, loosely defined is making someone question their own reality. The expression, which derives from the title of the 1944 film Gaslight, became popular in the mid 2010s. Uh, also used to describe a person who presents a false narrative to another group or person, thereby leading them to doubt their perceptions and become misled, disoriented, or distressed. Yeah, the first time I heard about it was in terms of like uh, dating in New York City. Women started complaining that men were gaslighting them. Uh, I guess making women question their own sanity. In the dating uh, world. According to the American Psychological Association, it once referred to manipulation so extreme as to include mental illness or to justify commitment of the gaslighted person to a psychiatric institution, but is now used more generally. Think about that. Like two or three people gather around and say you're insane and you start denying it, you're kind of fucked because it's pretty hard to prove that you're not. Yeah, it came out around the same time as uh, they started talking about cisgender. Being cisgender, being uh, like you identify as, I identify as a straight guy, mm-hmm. right? And I am a straight guy. Uh, whereas like a transgender versus transgender and non-binary and all that stuff. But, uh, <clears throat> I remember hearing about those two terms around the same time and just being upset about it. <laughs> Interesting. But mainly, yeah, it's like, you know, pull up in your house is on fire. And it's like, no, your house is not on fire. No, everything else is just not on fire. That's on your, yeah, is it, yeah. <laughs> wait a minute. Fiery, no, like, but mostly peaceful. Yeah, exactly. Mostly peaceful. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I Very can't wait well to said. see like the, uh, the political ads that Republicans are going to run during the next 
election cycles. Like they're gonna they're gonna be oh, dude. fucking incredible. Yeah. Yeah, I think it'll be interesting. Yeah, I know. It's it's one of these where I always wonder because you you know, you look about history, you hear other people talk about how crazy shit it was and how stupid it was. And you're like, okay, is it how bad is it now compared to that? Is it really that bad, or is it just that we're all in it? We can't really realize, and that's why you don't know till later. But after watching the Pinky Biters, I think that little flirtation um, that Europe had with fascism, I think that would have been pretty bad. Mm-hmm. Seems like it for sure. Yeah, and I'm sure when uh, the Spartans were talk, fighting, talk about off, that more, Richard. Would would you like? I don't I don't know what you're talking about, but I feel like fascism is a term that has completely been bastardized oh, oh dude it's it's a gaslit term yeah what i mean a... what is fascism and where has it actually existed in the world cuba i think it's the closest yeah spain for a while prior to world one war one mussolini was it mussolini yeah yeah and then hitler would have been considered a fascist but it's that's weird because idea, even uh, if you look at so like I had to go to Wikipedia because I'm just so curious what they say. A, a far right authoritarian ultra nationalist policy ideal. Uh, why does that have to be far right though? Can it, I, can I, you get rid of that? Any side could be a fascist side, right? Yeah, it's not but, far right. <laughs> no, it could be far left. It could be a well, far it left was, fascist. It, was, right? it paralleled the socialism, the socialist party. Yeah, and Mickey Blinders. And that's not right and the yeah, same it, it, <laughs> yeah it's so I, I really did think it would be that far off on wikipedia uh well that's it you see what happened on wikipedia i used to donate to wikipedia all the time and i decided a couple of weeks ago i'm never donating to them again because they redefined inflation no and yeah they it. no reset recession they redefined yep. recession yeah. mm-hmm. and then that's they, right it was yeah yeah, and then they locked it down so you couldn't change it. So they're never getting any of my money again. So if I go to a Webster Dictionary, uh, a political philosophy movement or regime such as that of a fascist that exalts nation and often race above the individual, and that stands for a centralized autocratic government headed by a dictatorial leader, severe economic and social regimentation, Enforceable suppression of opposition. How can you look at the right wing now and be like, those guys are the fascists? It is absolutely the antithesis thereof. When you talk about uh, the nation and often race above the individual and stands for centralized autocratic government. So like the one thing I think for me, I'm a conservative individual. I think about the power of the individual. That's what it's all about. The empowerment of people. Um, and not a centralized government at all um and not a dictatorial leader at all it's a government of and by and for the people um and no severe economic and social uh regimentation very little if any um is enforceable suppression of opposition so the classic rule for the left is accuse your opponent of doing what you are doing so when somebody calls you a fascist it's because that's what they want like it's, it's no better example than this like Merriam webster dictionary and then you look up wikipedia and those are the two definitions that it starts off with i would say we're we're seeing the early stages of 
fascism, fascist philosophies creeping into our government. Mm -hmm. Basically, what the FBI did was something you would see in a fascist state. Yes, exactly. Forcible suppression of opposition. That is yes. the last part of that sentence right there. And we've seen it. Like, if you disagree with me on whatever topic it is, you are obviously the most evil, uh, corrupt, moronic person in the world. And you should be you should be shut down. Like, I'm taking your Twitter away. I'm killing your job. All of that that we've seen the past few years. It's but you, have to also, question, you have to question this is and this is where it goes that uh, goes back to the analogy of the sheepdog and the wolf mm -hmm. um, our our uh, state posture to edward snowden is fascist our state posture to julian Assange is fascist <clears throat> so yeah and that crossed political both political parties because trump in all it, if trump and I'm not saying that Trump's fascist, but I, my mind was blown away when he did not pardon, mm -hmm. pardon Snowden or Assange. Yeah, I really thought he would. What did you have, Joel? Oh, I don't, I don't know. I wonder uh, if they, I wonder in that those cases, I wonder if they know something that, you know, like I, I wonder if Trump went in there with every intention of doing that, and then gets informed of something that's like, oh, okay. I don't know. But, you I never know, know man. Like, it's the optics of it. I mean, regardless, mm -hmm. I mean, I would really like to know which deep, dark thing <laughs> Snowden did that's so bad that he can't come back to the United States. Mm -hmm. Other than basically expose the government and NSA for massive monitoring of the public. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Yeah, that's it. I, I think. You know, we haven't done word of the podcast for quite a while, but it's going to be fascism, I think, uh, this week, just because of like the, I mean, how different. And I, I know Wikipedia is not really, you know, but a lot of people consider it a source because it's supposed to be open, you know, like open sourced opinion, basically. Um, they got the freaking dictionary still online. Um, but yeah, if you look the very first thing, it freaking. Wikipedia was literally far right. And you're like, I, I don't know what that has to do with it at all, man. Like, seriously. There's supposed to be a documentary coming out. Oh, The Daily Wire mm -hmm. about banned books. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I would never, why would you ban a book? Or, Daily Wire is the same outfit that did that Terror on the Prairie that I was mm -hmm. talking about. Oh. I missed that part. Did you watch that? I haven't watched it yet, but I need I need to. And I also want to watch that uh, Matt Walsh's. That was about what is I a watched woman. A, I bought, I watched a bootleg one of uh, what is a woman. It's amazing. For Matt Walsh. Yeah. yeah. And then it's the new Jordan Peter, we talked about Jordan Peterson. Oh yeah. Thing on it that he does every week now for Daily Wire. It's amazing. I really I like Daily Wire is one of the fastest growing websites in the country. I would think so. Yeah. Yeah, Jordan Peterson is really uh, that guy intrigues the crap out of me. It's a far right fascist, obviously. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but what does that mean? How is Jordan Peterson a fascist? Did somebody actually call him that? I'm sure they did. Yeah. Oh yeah, I guarantee it. Yeah. <laughs> But that you know that's the old rule, man. Like, what's that? 
Saul Linsky's rules of uh, uh, what's the name of that book? Um, rules of rules for radicals. Yeah, but that's like one of the main rules. It's like just accuse your opponent of doing what you are. I was going to say that uh, that's one of the best books you should ever read, Joel. And it's going to be that every page, but it. But the one that I, the book that I've been say, thinking, say the title again. Rules for radicals, Saul Lewinsky. You you will you won't like your buddy Obama anymore. <laughs> yeah, Obama and Clinton both studied with Saul Alinsky. Hillary, not Bill. Yeah. I honestly don't think Bill knew what was happening to him. I think Bill's in a web of lies and stuff. I don't I think I honestly believe Bill was a good old boy that they used like a rented mill. I have to look back and I have to I have to agree with you on that. Uh for sure. Yeah. And, and it got to the point when he, he woke up one day and he's like, damn, you know, like it's too late now. Um, yeah, but I've just been gaslighted. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, you're not thinking right if you're married to Hillary. Let me put it that way. Like at no point did I ever find that woman remotely attractive in, a, in an intellectual or any other way capacity ever. You so like Hillary? What? 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 What'd you say? <laughs> Hillary was pretty hot in college. Dude. <laughs> Come on. You, you would. No way. You would have. You would have. Oh, I don't think on my drunkest benchwarmers night, I would have said anything to her. Yeah. I don't think, man. I just. Uh, I don't know. I've seen some of your victims. <laughs> Come on. Not in front, not in front of us. Victims. <laughs> a, dude, Hillary was like, she was a dime in college, man. Wow. <laughs> dude, I don't mean, I got nothing, man. I got nothing. But thanks for the entertainment, Joel. Yeah. <laughs> so I get everybody's back to one of the books that I think that uh, Mike and I read it a while ago. And I, I go back to it and listen to it from time to time. But there's a gentleman that wrote a book called The so Sovereign Individual. And he, in 1997, pretty much nailed what's happening right now. And like, if you, what he had, what he didn't get right is stuff that's probably going to happen in the future. Yeah. And then I always pitch uh, Peter Zion, but um, he just wrote another book and I'm halfway through it. And it's, it's absolutely amazing. It's, uh, it's crazy how good it is it's like a it's a geopolitical book um uh they there's a there's a whole industry in the united states that of guys that predict predict geopolitical thing there was the first one was out of utah and it was called stat for and the guy's name was george freeman and he wrote some excellent books like the next hundred years um uh I've read most of them. Oh, the the Gathering Storm, or no? Mm. This is not the Gathering Storm, but the the storm, yeah, the calm after the storm, the storm, bef the oh, calm before the storm, which is an amazing book. But his, the end of the world is just beginning. Yeah, that book. So I read the previous three books. They blew my mind. The world is just beginning. Takes him to a completely next level, and like. He is Peter's Island by himself with his staff 
has exceeded anything that Stat4 ever did in the 90s or 2000s. It's, he has consistently nailed almost every topic. He's a little, he was a little bit off. He got a little paranoid about COVID, but um, other than that, he, uh, he's been amazingly accurate with his predictions. So. Okay. It's it's yeah. squirrely. Yeah, man, that was several years ago. We read. I lived in Nebraska still when we did our book club on on that, Richard. Oh yeah, yeah. It's been a while. But... It's a tough read, but man. Yeah. Um, oh, speaking of, it's been a while. We're almost two hours into this. I've got early meetings tomorrow, so I'd like to start wrapping up if you don't mind, because I'm selfish. Um, that's all right with everybody else, and we could do our uh, happy ending if you're good with that. That kid's getting pretty big. Dude, Buster's like, his head's almost the size of Raleigh's already. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that boy's heed. Yeah. <laughs> Say hi. Say hi to everybody. Hello, turd burglar. Ah. I'm getting paid enough for this. Yeah. Raleigh, you want to start our happy ending off? Oh, no, not really. I haven't thought about it. Right. Um, that's fine yeah yeah I'll, uh... joel you look like you want a happy ending what do you got going on just like uh what i'm looking forward to like best thing of the week or what you're looking forward to yeah that, that's the yeah, rough transition two things like i think the this uh comedy show premiere will be fun to be yeah. fun tomorrow looking forward to that uh hopefully tyler fisher wants to be friends with me and then uh <laughs> And then uh, <laughs> this weekend, I'm going up to Connecticut. My cousin Andy's birthday party is on Saturday. He's having a big party. He used to have like these parties at this bar on the Upper East Side called Stumble In. Mm -hmm. Like over hundred, a couple hundred people would show up at this party. I, I don't, I don't know. I know so many people that are willing to come to this party, but um, <clears throat> he's going to have like a hundred people at his house on saturday and having it catered and nice should be a good time uh yeah that, just that and improving my dark game micah outstanding i like to hear that <laughs> i like that's hand-eye coordination that's dedication that's what i appreciate about it yeah got a couple softball games playoff games on sunday too playoffs <laughs> yeah playoffs. Playoff. i thought i didn't think we'd make the playoffs we won one game we're in the playoffs sometimes that's all it takes yeah we used to have with, a pretty good and with me on the mound they're like they all want me on the mound well obviously you're I'm the pitching golden I'm arm hit, man i'm getting hits getting pinch runners every time i get a hit you're show hey man yeah. scoring runs rbis yeah good old good old ribby curran yeah yeah we had a pretty uh, funny intramural uh softball team in college that was pretty good what else you got? Fun. Oh yeah, it is very much so. What else do I have? Uh, yeah. Oh, you know, didn't talk about. It. I'm going to Ireland. So. Wow. When? I gotta hate to break this news to you, Mike, because we always have a great time, but I'm missing Roundup this year. You're oh, you're man. what really? Yeah. What the hell, dude? Yeah, I figured uh, I should probably use. I always use all my vacation time in penalty, you know, and I'm like, mm -hmm. maybe, maybe this year I'll use a, actually go on. 
after the going on a cruise it's like this is a real vacation mm-hmm. oh yeah kind going home is like not really like that it's like a it's it's almost work yeah yeah so i'm like i want to go on another vacation mm-hmm. so i'll just do so i go to round up this year i'm gonna go to ireland it's a pretty good substitute so, you know i appreciate you telling me now yeah so. yeah i'm gonna miss you though yeah dude totally that's gonna be different yeah. yeah, there might have been a chance that I was going to get up there this year. Well, now you can maybe another year without meeting you in person. Yeah, like maybe we'll just have to we'll plan better. Well, maybe we'll meet in Ireland next time. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah, you should still come anyways, Richard. Yeah, you can be my Joel this year. I was thinking about it. I'll give you That'd my ticket. Good. Yeah, there you go. That's the least you can do. Yeah, which is which is up when I go to Pendleton. Which is right Which next is, to mine. Yeah. Yeah. And, it's and right Curtis. next to Micah's and Kurt's. Okay. Curtis. Yeah. It's perfect tickets. You can, yeah. So. You can have it. That seems. Thank funny. you. Yeah. Well, let's talk more about this Ireland thing at some point. Yeah. So, Richard, is there a happy ending in your life? Oh, I'm not going to be very happy. I was just I just checked on our girls on the Mongol- Mongolia race. Yeah. They're through checkpoint three cool doing some crazy <clears throat> i've been checking to see if they're writing it together and it doesn't look like they are no it looks like um they've separated a bit yeah yeah what place are they in? doesn't I, really stay i don't know what place they are it just shows them on the map and where they're at uh yeah. i'm sure there might be a well, there's already there. some through checkpoint four yeah there is yeah if you go to the main map you can see where everybody is i think yeah, so what is people. this? Oh, Olaf. Olaf's in halfway between four and five. Yeah. Are they uh, on the horse running the entire day? Well, they have to do, they have to be really careful because if the horse's heart rate is up at a certain point when it comes into a checkpoint, they get docked two hours. Yeah. So yeah if they do it too many times, they are fucking stopped. Yeah. I guarantee you this would be better than the Tour de France or whatever. Dude, yeah, it's a beautiful country for one, and like it's yeah. it's like. Crazy. Are there spectators? People watching it? Uh, sort of. I'm not sure if I know. Like, the, there's like a launch when everybody takes off, and then there's like the finish line. But I'm not sure how much is like in the interim, because uh, you're like on the in the step of Mongolia, like you're in the outback. Um, yeah. Yeah. So. Do they have like a, a monitor on the horse's heart rate so the rider knows what's going on there? I don't believe it's a live monitor. I think it gets checked when it gets into the station. So they, they how get it. How are you supposed to a, know? Well, it, it's, it's pretty obvious if you're working your horse too hard in this case, I think. And they get a day to kind of get used to these horses a little bit, I think, from, from reading or following a little bit about it as well. Um, but like, I think it's... Well, I'm not going to speak of, I'm not there, but I, I don't think it's overly difficult to know if you're working your horse too hard in this situation, or at least, you know, that's what you get. I think you get a warning. I'm sure of that too. Or when you check in your first one, like here's your horse's heart rate or feel it and slow down. Oh yeah. So there's been a couple two, and then there's some people that didn't quite get mounted and they had to chase the horse down. And then like Shandy had a weird, uh, she like doubled back. And went way off course and then went diagonal back to the checkpoint three. So it's mm. weird. 
And I think there's a certain amount of latitude is to pick your terrain because some of them oh, went sure. over a mountain yesterday and some of them stayed on like the main road mm-hmm. where the caravan travels. Yeah, your only real deal is like you just have to get from where you're at to the next checkpoint. That's as far as I know, that's the only real like thing. Like just get here. So so since nine o'clock this morning, which was whatever Micah did the math, they've already done 32 kilometers, mm-hmm. which is what about 16 miles? Roughly. Yeah. 18. Yeah. So yeah, they're 12 hours ahead of us. So it's, it's for me, they're 12 hours ahead of me. It's 10 52 PM in my time. So it's, it's almost 11 o'clock in the morning where they're at. How many days is this race? I think you have up to 10 days to do it, but most people take between seven and eight, I think is what it is. So they stop somewhere and they just camp. Yeah. They have these check stations. Uh, You could stop at any time if you want um yeah but there's like there's like actual like there's 27 Uh-oh. individual stations that they're going to go through and check, two days checkpoints. just going through four so they'll all end up at five tonight so mm-hmm. yeah if you go if you just google mongol derby or go to the equestrianist.com you can see like the map with all the the checkpoints you can check individual riders and where they're at and their stats um, and then they have a lot of Twitter's did a pretty good job, and Facebook too. Do Facebook lives and some Twitter updates. Twitter's so much better than yeah. Facebook. Like yeah. Facebook's still twenty two hours behind right now. Yeah, which is weird. So, anyways, yeah, it's tremendous. Yeah. So they're just I didn't, started, would, but... I, I didn't think I'd get so much into this race. Uh, way cool. uh, yeah, but the way that they, yeah, it's pretty cool. So, yeah. Um, I hope I hope they win. That'd be great. Very much so. so yeah. Is there a prize? No. Million Crying. dollars? Crying. I think you get you get the horses, I think, if what? I'm not mistaken. You get all the money in what? Mongolia. There you go. Keep the change, you <laughs> filthy animal. Yeah. Anything else, Richard? What do you got? Oh, um, we'll talk about water rights next time. Okay. I like that. That'll be good. Rawls, have you thought of anything happy yet? Oh, I suppose. Um, then I forgot about it. <laughs> Sitting here having a conversation with Buster. Well, that's a pretty um, good thing uh, unto itself, right? Yeah, no, it is. It's just, it is good. Oh, I just, I'm actually kind of looking forward to tomorrow morning going in uh, that town hall with Vince and mm-hmm. bringing up some issues that are local here. So that's, uh, kind of a highlight that i'm looking forward to outside of the daily grind of putting up hay so i sent you the in-stream water rights farm bureau thing so ask him a question about that okay yeah i will ask him why they're not doing economic studies for a state agency taking in-stream water rights and if they are allowed to shouldn't they have to do some economic impact studies before they do it say that say that last part again so ask him Tell them about the, that you just learned about the Oregon Fish and Wildlife's in-stream water rights. Correct. And that they don't do any economic studies. Yeah, to see yeah, what yeah. the impact yeah. of yeah. taking water out of uh, uh, watersheds that watershed agriculture. agriculture. So, okay. Because so, they, they don't factor, they, they don't factor in, um, there's a feedback screw me up probably joel well, they don't factor in the economic consequences of what they what they're doing 
So they pretty much have carte blanche to take water, create water rights out of an already existing water right stream, uh, water system, create water rights out of it, encumber everybody else's water rights in the process once they get theirs. And they've done absolutely no economic impact as to what this behavior, what them interfering in this system is going to be. And given the value of water rights in these systems, I think that they should understand what I, it's all great and fine to save the fish and the birds and everything, but if they're destroying communities in the meantime, then it's I I see this as like the second coming of the spotted owl. Mm, damn. So yeah, everything anyway. everything you do has an impact. Thanks for cheering us up, Richard. Appreciate that yeah. too. Right. That's good. Well, yeah. I just thought if you needed a question to ask Cliff Pitts, that'd be a good one. <laughs> Absolutely. There's a lot of questions to ask right now. Yeah. There's a lot. A lot to be talked about. I concur. Anything else, Rolls? Yeah. What do you think, Buster? You know anything to say? Huh? I'm gonna squeal and yell at him. No, nope. we're pretty quiet now. So. It's only when you're talking. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. He's like, Dad, what are you doing? Uh, well, you're Dad. Like, I'm building rockets. Don't leave me alone. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I want to know how much Cliff Benz can can bench press are you asking that for me <laughs> i knew that was coming i don't know how I knew that was that's the most important but i knew that was coming yeah. hey how old Get do you guys it. think he is how old do you think that our congressman is cliff 60 yeah 69 69 ago. 84 oh, no way cliff's 84 that's what i was told i don't really doesn't look like it and he's one of those guys. I don't think he plans on staying for more than his term, but he's wanting to try to get a lot of stuff done. Which it's seventy, I believe. He's born January twelfth, nineteen fifty-two, according to. Yeah, well, yeah that's, that's even his cool. his web page. Might have been yeah. his dad. His dad's name was Cliff too. Oh, okay. So his dad so had him when he was fucking 14. twelve. Is that what you're saying? Well, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> It was like an Eastern Oregon rednecks. I don't need to get all mathy and shit on you, Richard. <laughs> I, was, I was thinking, I was thinking, he, I don't know what the original Cliff Howley would be now. So he could be twelve, I suppose. <laughs> well, I guess ask him how old he is. There's not a lot to do in Juntura. How old are you? More importantly, how old was your father upon your conception? <laughs> you know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I believe he was born January 12, 1952. Yeah. What's his background? Is he a is he a lawyer or something? Yeah. What's his deal? Yeah. yeah. He's a lawyer as well. Um, yeah, I've been I've been scouring water rights stuff and his his name's all over a bunch of uh documents I have. Yeah. He doesn't look 70 though. There's there's no doubt about that. Yeah. He's a, do people he's do people like him? Cookie. People like yeah. him out there. He's a decent yeah. cat. Yeah, he's decent. Yeah, cat. he's good. He's a sharp guy. The whole Vince family is well thought of. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Good. Good. No, he's good. Yeah. Oh. Uh, for mine, um, I was reminded of just how how beautiful of friends that I have in this world, and I couldn't be more thankful for that. Uh, and uh, the woman got home from uh, Europe yesterday, and I didn't think I could ever miss somebody that much, and I surely did. So it was really good to see her. So. What's going? Wait, what's going on? Uh oh, 
you got to keep up. Right you got to keep up. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, if I ever meet her, I'll be like, he hasn't said much about it. You were going to meet her at Roundup, a hole. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah. Where's she from? Here in Florida. In your town or what? Yeah, she works at the university. Nice. Yeah. I'll I'll I'll, uh, I'll talk to you offline. Yeah. So okay. cool. Yeah. So uh yeah. Mike is that's happy. code for he's not telling shit. Well <laughs> I don't know. I mean like so she works in genomics as well. Uh she's wicked smart, she's sexier than shit, uh funny. Um yeah. So we get along really well. And uh, so, yeah, we started, we were dating and then uh, she went to Europe for a couple of weeks. And I think we both realized that we really like hanging out a lot. So um, yeah, she got back yeah. yesterday morning or yesterday, late afternoon, actually like two o'clock, they got back into town and then I went and picked her up at like four o'clock. So yeah. Yeah. And we talked pretty much every day while she was gone or when we could anyways. So TMO and stuff. What's that? TMO and totally making out. Yeah, totally, dude. Yeah. <laughs> She's wicked smart at trivia. Like that was our one of our first dates, uh, was trivia. We ended up getting like second place in the whole bar by like two points. We should have won. Yeah. So it's pretty That's cool. Geek right geek? What's that, Richard? Was it geeks who drink? Uh no, it's um we were at the place called World of Beer. They have like a trivia thing there. You run over your, it's it's over your phone. There's like an app, but it's not Geeks to Drink. Yeah. Is World of Beer the place that was by the Hooters? There's two in town. It's another one. But yeah, that is. Uh, yeah, there's a nicer one uh, closer to her place. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so we were the uh, Genomic <laughs> Gangsters is our uh, trivia name. And look at the turd upside down i'm waiting for him to just like load his pants and just drool it down raleigh's shoulder yeah that's my thought this foam going over the top yeah raleigh's <laughs> used to that with his day job i think <laughs> he was not wearing gloves or nothing in this case yeah no but yeah joel you're gonna get a chance to meet her at uh roundup but uh, you might just have to come visit this direction or we'll go that way so we'll see. kind of want to go back there for a oregon state football game this year uh maybe the two of you guys and it probably wants to go to but it probably has to work go where uh football game oregon state football game oh back in uh corvallis yeah yeah i kind of want to cool. get back there for a game this year i haven't been to a game in a long time yeah i mean the last one was when we lost to sacramento state damn yeah i wouldn't yeah. go back after that either yeah affirmative so. <clears throat> yeah but outstanding well i think we'll wrap this episode up for now appreciate everybody coming by and saying howdy uh again thank you to our supremely good friends at uh bk auto can't tell you how much i appreciate everything they do for us and hopefully what we do for them as well but bo and the team you guys are awesome keep it up we'll have some new updated uh, promo codes coming out soon <laughs> buster you're gonna be all right son i think you're gonna be all right but, uh, you guys yeah, got questions comments good, concerns we'll have a busters uh public appearance schedule coming out soon so you can come track him down maybe he'll be your friend too um hopefully joel gets to be friends with the comedian also but uh keep all the comments coming we appreciate it we will get back on schedule we do promise it's a bit sort of random but uh 
that's what we're all about. So we're going to go from there until next time. We'll see you all soon. And until then, you know, you just got to keep on reaching.